the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Paris still lingers out there. There's no doubt about it. Um, on a regular basis, we're kind of seeing some stories trickle in. For instance, one of them I saw on travel stocks. Travel stocks throughout the sector suffered yesterday in the wake of the terror attacks that have rocked Paris and the world. Oh, mega merger industry news where you saw two hotels get together, and then you've seen basically all the airlines get together, and you've seen travel stocks like Delta down, United down, American down. Cruise lines like Carnival down, Royal Caribbean down, Norwegian Cruise Lines down, all publicly traded stocks. Hotel investors, uh, you know, they're, they're nervous as well. So, so terrorism does have a little bit of a ripple. You saw defense stocks, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, uh, do very, very well. And again, I don't want you playing into the short-term events of terrorism, but if you do... You kind of see what happens. Travel stocks go down, and defense stocks go up. Is that the way to make good money over the long term? Probably not. So the stock market had a sluggish start yesterday, and then slowly but surely, we saw oil do okay. Oil broke $40 a barrel at one point, found a little bit of support around $41, $42, and you saw the stock market move higher. Energy stocks moved up 3.3%. Um, there was a bit of a defense feel in the market. You saw telecom stocks, utility stocks, and consumer staples, things that we have to have in our lives, all do well. Uh, strong overall gains, though. So you saw the S&P 500 up 1.5%. So everyone came along for the ride, even though the defensive stocks did better. 
the growth stocks like financials, industrials, materials, discretionary, things that you don't need, and tech stocks, um, they come, came along for the ride. But again, they were well behind the defensive stocks. We saw a positive showing again today in foreign markets. So terrorism has kind of been put into a little box and we're going, okay, we can deal with this one. Better than expected earnings from Home Depot and Walmart have provided some support today. The Consumer Price Index report really doesn't upset anything. kind of was in line with expectations. There was a three-tenths of a percent, i.e. one-third of one percent jump in shelter costs. Eight-tenths of a percent increase in the index for medical care. Man, doesn't it feel like medical care is always going way higher? Clothes a little bit lower. Used cars a little lower. New vehicles a little bit lower. So total CPI on a month-over-month basis kicked up higher because of energy costs, which saw basically a bounce in the price of gasoline after hitting just crazy lows, or what you know you and I would consider crazy lows for the last 10 years. I think I've seen gas as low as 280 now. And if you go to like rural states like Tennessee, you're talking about buck 75. CPI data should contribute to the prevailing mindset that the Fed will raise rates in its December 15-16 meeting. On a related two-year note, that week enough the CPI report driving up its yield to 0.87 basis points. So taking a look at oil and the 10-year treasury, these are areas that I'm kind of looking at. 10-year treasury sits at 2.3%. Gold sits at 10.78 an ounce, falling again. I don't see a bottom in gold until the dollar hits top. Um, I just see them correlated that way. Um, S&P 500, Dow, NASDAQ, all doing okay. Nothing, you know, jump up and down about, if you know what I'm getting at. Um, today, we'll see the industrial production for October. Eh, I don't think that's going to be a market mover. We'll watch the closely uh, oil prices today, as we'll try to figure out where they're trending. Home builder confidence in the United States fell to 62 reading in November. That fell more than expected, according to a monthly industry index, with scarcity of land and labor continuing to stymie growth. Builder confidence fell three points to 62. Anything above 50 is considered positive, so this is positive. November report is a pullback from the unusually high October report, so sometimes you blend these things together. It's probably in line with more consistent, modest growth that we've seen throughout the year. Builder confidence on the index has been in the 60s for six or eight months. Some would say that's a negative because it's been too positive for too long. Home improvement has performed better than other areas of retail. Those companies probably are hit by weather more so than Home Depot and Lowe's. Home Depot said today they saw strong demand from specialty contractors and builders as well as homeowners. So that's positive to see out there. Other stories of note today, Walmart, they reported third quarter earnings that beat expectations, lowered expectations, albeit. They've been struggling to get ahead of a, you know the major investment in higher employee wages and job training while continuing to aggressively compete with the likes of Amazon. Walmart has warned investors last month that its profit in its fiscal 2017 could drop 6% to 12% news that sent its shares plunging. 
if you think about it, if you take a look at Amazon stories, like in the news, like you'll see these factories that have a lot of robots running around. And people serving the robots, you know, helping them, you know, put together the packages, but the robots doing the go get this, go get that, go get this kind of tasks. Um, whereas you look at Walmart, they don't have robots. So who's going to have a, a better profit margin going forward? My opinion. Um, Walmart did earn $3.3 billion above analyst expectations. Last year at this time, they earned $3.7 billion, showing you the problem. Revenue fell 1.3%, which was on par with expectations. Sales at Walmart stores increased about 1.5%. Home Depot reported nice profit. Income about $1.7 billion in the third quarter, up 12.2% compared to the same period a year ago. That's growth. Wall Street loves growth. In a market that's not showing a lot of revenue or earnings growth, earnings rose about 17% year over year if you dilute the shares. Sales at stores open at least a year, which is typically a sign of healthy operations, rose about 5.1%. Who knew this company was even around? Radio Shack. They're on the comeback trail yet again. It's first appeal to holiday shoppers this year. I know you're saying, give it to me, Rob. Tell me, that, tell me another Black Friday deal. They're doing their Black Friday on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Stores will feature 100 different deals and stay open an hour later than normal. Um, on Thanksgiving, stores will be open from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. only, giving shoppers a chance to finish their hunt. I don't know. They're going to be selling the six cents Kindle Fire. Got a partnership with Apple and Bang & Olufsen, Ion cameras, SteelSeries gaming products. I got to say, I just don't care much about Radio Shack as far as the story goes anymore. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I I run into this on a regular basis where I just, I get emails from people where I'm like, stop. And I feel kind of like a jerk for saying it, but maybe I am a jerk. You know, maybe the, you know, the truth is the truth. On a regular basis, I see people trying to be right. And I, I just don't think you want to be right. It's really an odd thing for him to say is I think you need to, like, kind of play the game when it comes to investing and when it comes to funding retirement. Uh, when it comes to real estate, 
I find that a lot of people really try their hardest to mess up their financial lives by trying to be right. And I get it. It's, it's vanity, right? The house that Marble Man built, Altria Group, one of the largest cigarette companies in the United States, um, the world's number one selling cigarette brand, they control about half the U.S. tobacco market. So imagine a, a monopoly board and half the pieces are Altria. They've diversified solely away from cigarette maker to purveyor of cigars and pipe tobacco. They also do e-cigarettes. Uh, Altria owns a 27% stake in SAB Miller, worthy of note. When you take a look at Altria, and again, people have to be pretty stupid. Philip Morris was once known as Philip Morris, right? And they said, okay, let's let's separate our U.S. cigarette business from our international cigarette business, and let's call the U.S. cigarette business Altria, because that sounds like a good word. That sounds like people who do good things. They're altruistic. Here's a great example of where people try to be too smart, in my opinion. Altria is at an all-time high, just off an all-time high. Last week it was at an all-time high. It's got 2.2% dividend yield. And I'll see people go, I want to get out of the stock market. You want to get out of the stock market. You want to be right. How right were you when you predicted that companies like Altria would go out of business? You probably weren't. Here's a company that sells cancer sticks. We know for a fact, if you smoke enough, you are very likely to get sick cancer. Fact, right? Maybe it's not a fact. Maybe it's a, some sort of like secret collusion against you, right? How many other tobacco companies can you name? Reynolds? Lorillard? And then you start getting into like really crazy foreign stuff like Altatus. And you're like, who's that? Never heard of them. And scratch them from the list of potential investments. Here's a company that sells cancer sticks, Altria. And their stock is at a 52-week high. It went up this year. It went up last year. It went up the year before and the year before and the year before. Do I need to tell you anything more ridiculous than that? Quit trying to be right. Because in your head of heads, you know there's no way we're going to be buying things that cause cancer. There's no way that, you know, this stock could possibly be at a 52-week high. And there it is. Take a look at McDonald's. They sell food that is, is, is not good. To some, it, it's fine because it's salty. I get it. To some, it's fine because it's, it's, it's greasy. Their fries are delicious. Their fries in France are just as delicious as their fries in Saudi Arabia, just as delicious as their fries in Japan, just as delicious as their fries are um, in San Francisco. Do I, do I think they're good for me? <laughs> no. I think they're heart attack sticks. So one company sells cancer sticks, another one sells heart attack sticks. McDonald's has been in the news. They've been beaten up for years and years and years. You know, they once owned Chipotle and they spun it off. Whoops, that was a mistake. You see, you know, me do story after story about organics and fresh food and how millennials demand it. McDonald's is at a 52-week high, right? 
it makes no sense. Uh, when I moved to the Bay Area, I like Nike shoes. I, I, I run sometimes five miles a day, five times a week. I've never had ankle issues. I've never had knee issues. I feel pretty good with Nike shoes. Stock's gone up every five-year period since 1987. When I moved to the Bay Area, people told me, Nike's the devil. Nike hires little, little Asian children to make their shoes. They're using illegal labor. I'm like, well, they got a job. Bit of a joke. Sarcasm. Those little hands make the perfect little Nikes for me. I couldn't possibly stitch like they do. Again, joke. Not funny. They're an evil company. You should buy Skechers. You should buy an American company that makes an America. America. If I had to buy Nikes that were made in America, the shoes would probably be about $400 versus $140. Do I think there's any great value in Nike? No. I think there's a brand that my knees are and my ankles feel comfortable with. Okay? Stocks at an all-time high, even though they're quote-unquote an evil company. Microsoft, another company that makes no sense, right? We've seen Linux come. We've seen Red Hat going to put them out of business. We've seen the cloud going to put them out of business. We've seen Google's Chrome operating system, Chromebooks. We've seen the iPad and the phone come in, and Microsoft doesn't have an answer for the phone. Stocks at an all-time high, 52-week high right now, or just off of it. When the 52-week high is 55, and it's at 53 and a half, who's counting, right? Home Depot. You go into a Home Depot, and sometimes you're like, where is help? I'm looking for a, and name it, you know, like a rubber gasket. And you're like, where is it in this huge store? And it's perplexing, right? Home Depot at a 52-week high. Now, that's also tied towards the housing market. These are big names. These are big blue-chip names, and they all have big blue-chip valuations, which means when there's down market, they're probably going to underperform because they've outperformed in an up market or a sideways market this year. So sometimes we could be too smart. And that's where the segment started, and that's where I wanted to end. Um, I see on a regular basis people come to me and say, I think the market's too high. I think the stock's too high. I want out. I want to wait till there's a correction to get back in. I've never met anyone who waited for a correction and got back in correctly. Never. I know we've had a six-year bull market. Maybe we have a sideways year, so maybe that's killing the bullishness out there. I'm betting the next 10 years, we're up 7 out of 10 of them, because that's what history has told me. I'm pretty comfortable with that. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. To get your calls on the air, 800-516-1220. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. 
Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, Briefing.com, Chief Market Analyst. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. And yourself? I'm doing well. Um, let's start with the obvious, uh, since it's the first time I've spoken with you in a, in a week. Uh, terrorism in the markets. Uh, how do you approach this, or how does the market approach you in this kind of scenario? Well, you know, it is one of those things that, sadly, uh, I think market participants are growing, I, I won't say more accustomed to, but simply are, are more aware of that uh, that risk these days. Uh, and, <laughs> excuse me, absent something the scale of 9-11, um, you know, I think that the market has developed a a resolve to um, you know to deal with with things like we saw in Paris, um, but you just kind of really you, know, you never know until things actually hit how the market will react. Um, and you know, I think as an investor, you know, it is just the the sad state of things in in the world in which we live today that you have people you know who. They want to blow themselves up and take other people out with them, all in the name of some religious belief. Uh, it's tough to guard against that, and um, uh, you know, and it's a it's an ongoing risk. It's not going to go away. Uh, but the depth of the market sell-off, if you were to get one, is going to be proportional to what market participants believe the ultimate economic impact will be. And so, what you take away from Monday's action is that uh, the market is respectful of the human tragedy. Uh, but isn't uh, altogether overwhelmed by what the uh, residual economic impact could be. So going forward, do you change your portfolio at all, knowing that these events seem to be more regular? Or do you look at capitalism and focus on that? You know, rock, scissors, paper, capitalism beats terrorism. I'm not sure I want to put words in your mouth here. Yeah. Well, you know, it is, it's, it's one of the things, you know, you just have to be cognizant that, you know, if you have a, um, a, a high-risk portfolio, um, when you see incidents like that, uh, you know, if they <clears throat> grow in size and proportion, uh, then the risk of a more meaningful sell-off is there. And so it's one of those situations that reminds you that while, you know, everyone's been, you know, um, uh, pretty much – uh, talking negatively about treasuries being overvalued and, and the like, um, you know they do have a place in your portfolio because in in, in times of uncertainty and heightened geopolitical risk, uh, there will be some uh, some relative strength in those in the treasury market. Um, and uh, you know by the same token, uh, I think you uh, can look to have some exposure to some of those more defensive-oriented uh, economic sectors within the S&P 500, like the consumer staples and the utilities and telecom services and, and things like that. And sure enough, you know, those three sectors um, were among the best-performing sectors on Monday, trailing only the energy sector, which uh, had a little party of its own uh, in relation to what happened uh, with oil prices yesterday. I saw a statistic yesterday that if you strip out Amazon, Facebook, um, Netflix, and I think it was an energy company, not an energy company, it was one other company, uh, the S&P 500 would be down for the year. But because of those four stocks, it's slightly p- 
pass positive for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on when you see things like that? Yeah, I, you know, what, what you're telling me is, is, is not surprising to hear. I mean, those stocks, uh, you know, with a market cap-weighted index, I mean, they've, uh, you know, had big runs, and that's certainly helping to to underpin the, the broader market. But uh, it is one of those things you need to be aware of, that it's not the, the most broad-based of advances as, as the, you know, as the index number might suggest it is. So what, it's, what it tells me is that you need to be, um, on guard, if you will, for um, for perhaps a more meaningful setback, uh, which the market would be vulnerable to that if you lose the momentum in those key names that you've just listed. You know, if they were to roll over uh, in the face of uh, you know weak economic conditions and declining earnings, it won't take much for the rest of the market to uh, to pull back sharply because there's not a whole lot of um, participation or uh, as active uh, interest in other names beyond that core grouping, which you know has the weight to pull the market up, but um, but really is uh, mask masking what's uh, some underlying weakness in the market. We're moving out of earnings season. What's your overall grade for what we saw during earnings season this year? You know, I'd, I'd give it probably a C minus. Um, okay. You know, a C is what average, and I say it. You know, people would say, well, I think some people would argue, well, you, you had more like a B plus. You know, earnings and earnings reporting season, but you know, we we talked about this before, Rob. You know, I mean, we we see this quarter after quarter. Um, expectations get marked down so sharply, and then these companies come in and they 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 hurdle these low expectations, and lo and behold, everyone says things are much better than expected. But you know, the fact of the matter is, yes, things are better than expected, but S&P 500 earnings overall are projected to decline nearly two percent this quarter. You know, and I'd rather have earnings growth versus an earnings decline. Uh, and then when you throw in the fact that there really isn't any revenue growth um, overall accompanying those earnings reports and that the guidance has been weak for the fourth quarter, um, you know, I can't give it anything better than a C minus, really. We're looking at the world slowing down. We're looking at low oil prices, bad for the world economies. We're looking at the United States as kind of like the crown jewel of world economies right now. Maybe not the crown jewel, but it seems to be the best house in just an awful neighborhood of economies. Uh, would you agree with that statement? And, and what do we make of, of that going forward? Yeah, well, you know, the U.S. Is, has shown some resolve here. It's You know, growth is, is not what we all want it to be, but the U.S. economy is still growing. Um, and it's interesting, you know, if you characterize oil prices being, you know, bad for the world economies, um, you know, that's not true in every instance, obviously. I mean, uh, importers sure. of oil are going to see it, you know, should see it, you know, a, a nice boost from the decline in oil prices. And, and that's been the most perplexing thing this year, really, is that, uh, you know, logically you should see uh, the drop in energy prices uh, create a really strong boost for consumer spending and, and, uh, and really, you know, help drive um, uh, earnings growth for users of those, uh, of those commodities. And, and we're not seeing it for whatever reason. And, and whatever's, what's really striking to me is really is, is the, the transports um, are, you know, greatly underperforming the, the broader market uh, when, you know, one of their two biggest costs is, you know, has dropped sharply in, in price. And uh, that just doesn't really jive with, um, you know, with an economy that's, you know, hitting on all cylinders. And so, 
So the U.S. is doing okay. Um, and sure, there's uh, some good opportunities here, but you know, again, you look at the Russell 2000 uh, small cap domicile. Most companies derive the majority of their sales from the U.S. And lo and behold, I mean, the Russell 2000 is underperforming. It's down four percent year to date versus the S&P 500, which is basically you know unchanged. So uh, it's really um, baffling in some respects. But I think it does suggest that market participants are not necessarily accepting of the idea that the U.S. economy is going to be immune to the slowdown abroad. And so it's being very hesitant about committing, um, you know, to the stock market and remains in that sort of that wait-and-see stance to see if the uh, the data comes through and, and shows that the U.S. economy is poised to, to hit escape velocity and pick up in the manner that the Federal Reserve expects it to. Speaking of data, we saw a little bit of uh... – Inflation data come out today. Healthcare and rents driving first inflation rise in three months. Uh, done deal that the Fed raises rates in December, do you think? Gosh, you know, I, I think the Fed so desperately wants to raise rates uh, in December. Um, I don't think you can say it's a done deal necessarily until you get past okay. the November employment report uh, that first Friday in December. That will essentially cement uh, the expectations for the December meeting, whether they go or not. Uh, Fed fund futures market right now is pricing in uh, the higher probability of a rate hike in December, but it's it's not considered a done deal just yet. Um, I think probability is somewhere around 65% right now, so there's still some doubts about what the Fed will do in December. Anything else that you're working on right now, Mr. O'Hare, as Chief Market Analyst at Briefing.com, that you think we should be aware of? Yeah, you know, I think we start uh, rolling into that time of year. You're going to start hearing more about tax loss selling, uh, which could be a potential near-term negative here for the market as, you know, as people try to, you know, uh, turn a loss into an asset, if you will, as they, um, you know, sell their losers and then allow themselves enough time if they think those same companies are going to rebound in 2016 allow themselves enough time under the wash sale rule to buy them back before the end of the year. But um, don't be surprised if you see some of the small-cap laggards uh, of the year uh, roll over again here in the near term as some of that tax loss selling hits. Thanks very much. That's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst with Briefing.com, a great source of content and information on the markets, both domestic and international. There's all sorts of content there. If you haven't checked out their site, you really should. Uh, if you're an investor, um, and if you're a trader, I'm not much of a trader, but every now and then trades fall into your laps. They do a very nice job of looking at some ideas out there. They give you a lot of perspective on the markets, the economy, the Fed, individual stocks, earnings, um, events that are coming up. Uh, they do a real nice job. You can find out more about them at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Find out more about me at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Try to give you a lot of good ideas throughout the show. Some days are better than others. Teach calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. I can always use more calls. Uh, there's a libido-boosting drug for women, but it's not selling well. It's called Viagra for Women. After just two weeks of availability... Only 80 prescriptions have been filled for the pill throughout the end of October. The drug, which treats sexual dysfunction in women, was the first of its kind to be approved by the FDA after twice being rejected because it only had modest benefits. The company that sells the drug is a company called Valiant Pharmaceuticals, who got shellacked in the last basic month because of the way they do their accounting. This is more bad news for that company. Elsewhere out there in the world of news today, Home Depot, they beat expectations. They raised guidance for the third time this year. Um, that's a stock you want to own in a long-term portfolio. It's a stock that's very expensive in the short term. It's considered blue ch- uh, chip stock. Home improvement rival Lowe's. Um, they're both relative safe havens in the retail sector. Retail is having a real tough time with apparel. Strength in the housing sector has provided a stiff tailwind for these guys. Um, they're somewhat insulated from falling traffic seen by the rest of the retail sector because consumers are increasingly shopping online for things on Amazon where you can't really buy paint. Well, you could buy paint online on Amazon, I suppose, but not as easily. Home Depot has consistently performed better than rival lows since the recession, and that's reflected in their respective valuations. Home Depot trades for about 23 times next year's earnings. Lowe's trades for about 22. Lowe's report results tomorrow. Um, I like Home Depot. I'm not in love with Home Depot. I think you can make a case for it if you're a long-term patient investor. Um, but it's not for the short term. Most stocks aren't for the short term. And uh, I'll stand by that. Biotech stocks are outperforming today. Dow Components, Walmart, and Home Depot are reporting above consensus expectations. Taking a look at that, that means the Dow is moving higher. Not by a lot today. By half of 1%. Um, the S&P 500 up by about half a percent. The Nasdaq up by a little bit more. Thanksgiving is around the corner. That means Thanksgiving airport and traveling around the corner. Social Security Disability Fund takes a little bit of a hit today. The budget agreement signed into law earlier this month brought well-needed relief to the fund. But the fund's financial woes are far from over. There's a recently published study that, you know, adding roughly $15.4 billion in debt, collecting back just over half that, the government also waived about $1.4 billion of overpayments because the beneficiaries were not at fault. Um, They have some problems inside. Avoiding overpayments is imperative as they pose a burden for the beneficiaries who must, you know, repay excess benefits and result in lost taxpayer dollars if they're not repaid or waived by this SSA. So overpayments is not something you think about. Um coming into SSA, but again, take a look at your pay stub, and you tell me if you're not paying too much in taxes. A lot of your pay stub goes to taxes, a lot of it, whether it be Social Security, whether it be state income, whether it be federal, whether it be uh, Social Security disability. 
um, a lot. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. One of the areas where I want you to be a little bit cautious is when you start hearing words like disruptors. Um, they kind of differ like golden clay. Online razor seller Dollar Shave Club. Warby Parker makes eyeglasses. Uh, Jessica Alba's Honest Company, which does diaper supplies and uh, other you know, household products for your home. They're considered disruptor brands. Consumers' attitudes towards them are pretty high. Um, some stocks that are considered disruptors, Google, Netflix, Amazon. Uh, but then you start getting into some other ones that are disruptors that may or may not be you know, strong competitors in the long run. Names like Grubhub and GoPro and Pandora. Um, you know, Pandora is a great music service, but is it a great investment? Grubhub is a lot of fun to try to, you know, uh, get food, but is there a business model there that makes valuation sense? 52-week high on Grubhub is about 45. It's currently right around $24, 52-week low. So be careful when you kind of start falling in love with concepts and stories. Um, you can get into a lot of trouble that way. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Radio Shack is moving their Black Friday closer. It's going to be on Wednesday this year. What's interesting about Radio Shack is they have remodeled their stores. They kind of have set up like sprint shops inside their shops. Uh, they've closed a lot of stores, but they're trying to focus on quality product inside the stores. That's a good start. We'll see where they go. Pandora Media is buying one of those online radio services called RDIO. Um, they went bankrupt. So that's a failure. And again, I think I had RDIO on my phone for a while. Walmart beat earnings expectations. The shares jumped, but they've lowered expectations pretty aggressively for the year. Spotify is going to offer artists data on their fans. A custom dashboard is going to show demographic and geographic information for the most casual as well as passionate fans. Their listening habits, that's going to potentially help artists you know, set tour routes and maybe sell tickets and merchandise. Spotify plans to offer a feature to a bigger group of artists in the future. Facebook is using experimental technology from Raytheon this weekend, this week, starting up in Southern California for wireless Internet. Um, I know you're saying Facebook, wireless Internet. Facebook's a pretty dominant company, and they need to stay that way. So you'll hear about initiatives like this. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Take care and have a good day. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.